I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today with Richard Seewald, founder and managing partner at Evolution Equity Partners, an international venture capital investor partnering with exceptional entrepreneurs to develop market-leading cybersecurity and enterprise software companies. To learn more about Evolution Equity Partners, visit evolutionequity.com. Richard, welcome back. Great to have you on with us. Hey, Steve. Great to be here and look forward to our discussion. Excited about the cybersecurity ecosystem in the current environment and love to speak to you. So I'm waiting for those always interesting questions that you pose. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Richard. We've had you on with CISOs recently. We had the CISO from Equifax come on. We had the CISO from Northwestern Mutual come on. And it's interesting to hear from them. You would expect the conversation is going to center exclusively on cybersecurity, defending their enterprises, but they're very interested in the market. And we're going to talk about the market today. We're going to talk about some statistics. We're very excited to have Evolution Equity Partners sponsoring our third annual Cybersecurity Almanac with 100 facts, figures, predictions, and statistics about the market. I want to jump right in and ask you about some content that just popped up, made me think about Evolution Equity Partners when I looked at one category in particular, that's the global spending on security awareness training for employees. $10 billion by 2027. That's an annual figure. And it's up, Richard, from about $5.5 billion in 2023. And actually, you go back, I remember this was a report Gartner put out in 2004. It was a few hundred million dollars. This market has just grown unbelievably. So maybe touch on the market, touch on CybeSafe, one of your key portfolio companies you invested in, and just your overall take on this space. Yeah, I'm not surprised that the category is growing at the rate you indicated. And there are a number of drivers. Foundationally, look, regulatory and compliance measures in place require just about every company out there to engage in some form of cybersecurity training. But what drives that really is the understanding that a number of the breaches, ransomware attacks, other types of hacks are a function of cybersecurity posture and hygiene. And a lot of that is driven by human behavior. And being able to train up employees and individuals to react better to that environment, to the digital world in a more healthy way, only increases the likelihood that a chief security officer can defend and protect against the types of attacks that we're seeing in the market today. And so I'm not surprised for a number of reasons this category will continue to grow and we'll continue to see innovation with respect to how people are trained and how that data is utilized by chief security officers to recognize vulnerabilities. And you pointed out CybeSafe, an investment that we made last year in a UK-based cybersecurity training company that looks at training employees, but also looks at the data and analysis that comes out of that training and the human factor around cybersecurity behavioral dynamics. So I've always been interested in the behavioral impact around cyber and how that actually impacts around the likelihood of a hack or a breach. And it's highly correlated. Look, 95% of the breaches out there are a function of some form of human error and cybersecurity training attempts to mitigate that risk. So we're going to see that category continue to grow 
And we're going to see some innovation that evolves this category into the next generation. Really excited about that. So we're talking about employees, the security awareness training space. Now let's pivot and go up the food chain to the boardroom. The consequences of cyber attacks have entered the boardroom, Richard. I don't have to tell you that. Gartner predicts 75% of CEOs will be held personally liable for attacks against cyber physical systems. These incidents leading to physical and environmental harm or the destruction of property by next year, the end of next year. Richard, are boardroom and C-suite executives taking cybersecurity serious enough or at least more serious now? Well, look, I think with the statement that you made, they certainly are. And attending to one's fiduciary duties as a board member and executive are primary to the responsibility that any executive and board member has. And probably the number one risk out there today in any board vote is the cybersecurity risk. And I believe that boards have moved to another understanding of cybersecurity risk, where again, you're starting to see regulatory and compliance measures that understanding to be a must-have with the type of impact that the regulation that you just mentioned has. It's going to raise awareness. It's going to raise a number of items within the boardroom that will better prepare board members to address that risk. So Richard, you and I spend a lot of time talking about venture capital firms, your company in particular, obviously. We talk about cybersecurity startups, the companies who are raising money. Now I want to ask you about big tech because big tech is making big investments into our space. Microsoft has increased its cybersecurity investment to $20 billion over the next five years, and that's up from a billion dollars per year they'd been spending since 2015. A couple of years ago, Google announced an investment of more than $10 billion through 2025 in cybersecurity, and we're seeing a lot of activity from them now. IBM and Amazon have made major investments. So as our market continues to mature, are we going to see even more involvement from big tech? How much of an impact do they have on this market? And are they going to be consolidators? First of all, I think the numbers that you speak to demonstrate the importance of cybersecurity throughout any organization. And whether you're a consumer tech company, an enterprise tech company, cybersecurity is the foundation. Being able to deliver product to a set of customers in a way that's in line with expectations of the market. So not surprised that those companies are increasing their investment in this segment. But you pointed out Microsoft. Look, Microsoft has been in the cybersecurity space for decades. Going back to the early days of antivirus and over the decades have been involved in some way in the cybersecurity space. But you point out recently that they've increased their investment. And I think that's a function of being able to point to ROI on the previous investment. That ROI has resulted in significant revenue for these businesses. And part of that is the consolidation of the cybersecurity space. So I think you see the acquisition momentum of some of the companies you mentioned in recent time. And that continues to be the case where large tech companies look to venture back cybersecurity companies to acquire and then upsell and cross-sell on their significant installed base. When you look at the financials, the financial statements of any of the companies you mentioned, a small amount of their R&D is pointed towards cybersecurity. The vast majority 
of what they're looking at in terms of next generation technology will come as a result of acquiring venture-backed cybersecurity companies. So we see that as a positive in terms of the future of cybersecurity. And the innovation will continue to come from venture-backed cybersecurity companies over the years. So what I don't foresee is for there to be three or four companies that unilaterally dominate the cybersecurity space. I know there's some views on that and some of the founders of those companies believe that to be the case. I think when you look at markets and cybersecurity is not an exception to that market, just look at the history of markets over the last hundred years. You always see the opportunity for incumbents to be disrupted by more innovative, faster thinking, faster operating companies that are building technology to address next generation problems. That's not going away. We're going to see that in some form or another over the next couple of decades, continually to tackle the cybersecurity problem and opportunity that's out there. Richard, you and I both spend a lot of time talking to CISOs. They're incredibly important. They're at the top of the food chain insofar as protecting our nation's companies globally. I want to throw some statistics at you, and we don't have to get hung up on the exact numbers, but it is something that we're grappling with right now as an industry. We did a study of Fortune 500 CISOs, and we've put this study out two years in a row now, and the average tenure for a Fortune 500 CISO is just over a year, one year. So you're talking about a lot of changeover. Gartner estimates that by 2025, nearly half of cybersecurity leaders will change roles and 25% roles entirely outside of cyber. And they say this is due to stress, psychological pressure, and burnout, and other factors. Is this a big weak spot for us in our industry? Are we paying enough attention to it? Are there technology solutions to address it? So when we talk to chief security officers, it is clear that the stress, the day-to-day wear and tear on any individual that is managing the type of risk within an organization that a chief security officer does today, and that risk is not necessarily decreasing or the demands on their time and their abilities are not decreasing, it's increasing. So there's no surprise that that results in burnout and the type of tenure, the length of tenure that you discuss. I think there's been some measures operationally that have been taken to diversify the role, and that's been around for a while, but more recently, being able to hire multiple chief security officers that have different responsibilities has been one way to address it. I think utilizing technology, whether that's automation, machine learning, and AI, has been another solution, but it is a problem when the demands on time, the stress, the requirements that chief security officers have to be the backstop of an organization that defends against often millions of attempts each month to gain access to a network, to breach data, to be able to protect that as a sizable job and sizable role. And then you layer on top of that the cyber insurance market and how it looks at the environment today and how it quantifies risk and the demands that are put on chief security officers, you're absolutely right. It's something we need to confront and ultimately will increase risk within organizations if we don't face it head on and 
enable solutions. Well, you know, it's interesting, Richard. Cybercrime is the only crime I know of where there's no sympathy for the victim. If you read the news in our industry, every hack, every data breach, cyber attack, it's insinuating that the company has done something wrong, their CISO has done something wrong. These are victims. And I think that's part of the stress. It's hard to live that way and be underappreciated. But there's also been a lot of chatter about that. And so hopefully we're starting to turn the corner. So Richard, you and I obviously talk a lot about large enterprises, Fortune 500, Global 2000, mid-market enterprises. That's where the money is or (laughs) where a lot of the money is. And that's where a lot of cybersecurity startups are focused. But Around 50% of all cyber attacks hit small businesses, and 60% of those victims go out of business within six months. Is our industry paying enough attention to small businesses, and are small businesses paying enough attention to cybersecurity? Great question. So small to medium-sized businesses are prone now to many of the risks that large organizations are able to manage better. Managing better is a function of budget, having the type of talent that can organize a security program, a host of other drivers within an organization. And small to medium-sized businesses simply don't have that budget and capability. So it is a significant problem. There are companies that are addressing that, that are platforms that enable specialized focus on mid-sized businesses and small enterprise who have the same problem deliver cybersecurity tools and technology that are attuned to that size company, and even deliver the type of services alongside of that, that enhance maybe a one-person shop or a five-person shop when it comes to IT and cyber within these organizations. So I think you're seeing that. The attempt to address that area by some of the larger tech companies like Microsoft and Google and even the crowd strikes of the world have certainly been observed. But I point out that a company like Arctic Wolf has done a demonstrably better job than anybody else out there in being able to address that problem. And no surprise to the success that they've had in the market today. So look to companies like that, that deliver technology, not only to large enterprises, because they do, but also tailored services to mid, small enterprise clients that are in demand for the same type of technology that larger enterprise customers have made available to themselves. You mentioned Arctic Wolf, great company in our space. In fact, they just acquired Revelstoke. And I'm curious, in your opinion, Richard, speaking to the the small business space, do you think we're going to see acquisitions in general that bring some cyber brands that may just be focused on the enterprise into that small business market? Yeah, I wouldn't call it the small business market. I would say that that market is inclusive of small and medium-sized enterprises, but It also includes enterprise customers. So I think when you speak to Arctic Wolf, that's probably the case, as well as others. So there's sort of a crossover there. And then there's a benefit to being able to do that. Understanding the technology ecosystem for large enterprises enhances the capability to deliver similar services to mid to small size businesses. And I think there's an advantage there, being able to cross over both to medium-sized businesses a large enterprise. So yes, I see consolidation there. It's already happening. I see platforms being built that will emerge 
to be very successful companies and are already successful. But look, that's the future. When you look at the upside over the next five to seven years, McKinsey did a study talking about a 10x upside on the current vended base of spend for midsize cybersecurity opportunity. And clearly, the Arctic wolves of the world are taking advantage of that and driving some very, very attractive growth. Well, Richard, the Almanac looks back, it looks forward. You do that as well as anybody does, so it was great having you, and we'll look forward to discussing the year when it wraps up, and we'll have you back on, I think, in the beginning of January to do that. Hey, Steve, it's been great, and look forward to closing out the year and talking to you as we enter the new year. Always a great conversation. Thank you. I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. To read the Cybersecurity Almanac, visit cybersecurityalmanac.com. The Cybersecurity Almanac is sponsored by Evolution Equity, an international venture capital investor partnering with exceptional entrepreneurs to develop market-leading cybersecurity and enterprise software companies. Visit evolutionequity.com to learn more.